0: Welcome to the PayFac Embedded Payments Podcast, brought to you by PayRix. As payments and software experts that eat, sleep, and breathe embedded payments, we're as passionate about you as you are about your customers. Each podcast episode will provide insights about embedded payments designed to help you fuel the transformation and growth of your software business. You'll learn from industry experts, Payrix customers, and leaders on the Payrix team about the latest trends, best practices, and real-world guidance from payments experts to help you take your software platform higher. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Payback Embedded Payments Podcast brought to you by Payrix. I'm your host, Bob Butler. And today, we're welcoming back Sam Callen. Who's the VP of Merchant Strategy and Platform Go to Market at FIS to talk a little bit about embedded finance? And joining him is Eric Lurch, the Senior Director of Merchant Strategy and Platform Go to Market at FIS. So welcome back to the show and thanks for joining us, Eric.
1: Yep. Thanks for having me on here, Bob. Really looking forward to the discussion today for a brief bit of background for everyone. I've been in payments for a little over 10 years. Most of my time was actually focused on card issuers and issuer processors and consulting and I've also been at Adyen and helped define their go-to-market strategy for their issuing and embedded finance product rollout. Since joining Payrix and FIS, I've been focused on working with our large platform partners, really kind of understanding what their product needs are with a particular focus on bringing embedded finance products to those platform partners of ours.
0: Well, Eric, that's a great segue to, I would really love to hear your definition of embedded finance.
1: Yeah, of course. So to start, let me just mention that embedded finance is still a very incredibly nascent offering within the fintech and software ecosystem at large. But you know, has a lot of people talking about it because it possesses tremendous promise given the pain points it's able to solve for for SMBs and users of of the software. So to me, like talking about embedded finance, what it is and it's in its core definition is really about software companies extending financial services and products that are not core competencies of theirs to their software user base natively within their own software solution. Historically when a software company would have a user request a financial product, for example, access to working capital integrated with an e-commerce marketplace, the marketplace would redirect or refer the user to a financial service provider site where the user could then apply for working capital. While this flow works to offer a working capital product to the end user, it provides a clunky user experience as the user is redirected to another environment to consume or apply for the financial product. Embedded finance is really about the modern APIs of financial infrastructure providers, enabling those APIs to be consumed by software companies that are now able to extend that financial product natively within their own software, which improves the overall end-user experience. So this has obviously led to a large convenience factor for the end-users consuming those products. And those end-users have become increasingly comfortable consuming financial products from their software provider rather than just from a traditional bank or financial institution. Touching a little bit more on like what kind of products are most common within embedded finance, I think a lot of people understand that payment acceptance APIs to accept a credit card... Is pretty common. However, in recent years, we've seen embedded finance expand products to include bank accounts, capital solutions, commercial credit cards, and even adjacent financial service products like payroll, automated accounting, and insurance products. So to me, we're really just at the precipice of embedded finance and expect the industry to expand rapidly over the next three to five years as software companies are able to fulfill unmet customer needs by bringing these products into their own software solution.
0: Yeah, I'm a strong believer in this distribution model, especially in the SMB space and and how that's going to look going forward. And I I guess, Sam, this is really directed towards you. How would you See embedded finance. What does that really mean for small to mid-sized businesses?
2: Yeah, it's a it's a good question, Bob, and and as usual, thanks for having me back on the show. I think that it helps to just start with looking at the problem that you're actually trying to solve. So, I think that in the case of embedded finance, it's really about solving the pain points of what are a fundamentally broken SMB banking system. So, SMB banking is difficult for a large financial institution to do. The process is incredibly clunky. The revenue that they stand to make on a given loan doesn't necessarily always justify them going through their full process. So there's a lot of pain points there. You take a look at that and, and what that winds up manifesting itself as. I think it was BCG that did a study recently that, that showed that the small business loan approval rate at large traditional banks is less than 20% in the U.S., So what's the pain point that you're trying to solve for an SMB? It's the fact that you can't get capital. I mean, fewer than one in five of these loans are getting filled. You couple that with another SMB need, which is just the ongoing capital that they need on a day-to-day basis to sustain their business. Average SMB in the U.S. is about 27 days of cash reserves. So getting access to cash quickly, getting access to timely working capital loans and stuff like that, incredibly important for SMBs. So that system is broken. SMBs have expressed a desire to see that change. I think it's right around two-thirds of SMBs now say that they actually want to consume these embedded finance solutions because they're, they're better. They're better, they're easier, they're faster, they're more timely. The second key piece, in addition to kind of solving the, the, the breakdowns of the banking system, is just it's a timeliness and a relevancy of the solution. You go into a bank, it's gonna be a, a very cookie-cutter loan type of an opportunity. With embedded finance and and having those those loan offers built right into the workflows of your business management solution, you're going to be able to get loans that loan offers that are pre-approved, they're custom tailored to your business. You get them at the exact time that you need them. They're as simple as, you know, one click within your interface. And in some cases, you don't even have to worry about. the the repayments on them, because the repayments can come right out of your actual funds flow that you're getting through your your payments provider. So if we take a real-world example, let's say, Bob, you're going out and you you manage a local salon or a spa. You have a need for a bank account and perhaps short-term lending, getting access to your funds quicker. With Embedded Finance, you log into your salon management software. Right in there, you see your dashboard with your daily store operations, your financial reporting, all of that good stuff built right in there you've got your bank account that's linked to your business management software and within that dashboard you will be presented with pre-approved and timely loan offers or working capital offers and it's just as simple as as potentially one click within your dashboard so and as i mentioned you can fully automate some of those repayments as well so really in short it just makes it simpler and easier to do business so it's really at the end of the day it's about being able to get access to real banking solutions that aren't adequately served today and just getting served a better product at the end of the day.
0: Well, I'd like to follow up on that because you know when I think about it, you just talked about it from the small and mid-sized business point of view and I think that makes the most sense because I think that is solving a real world problem. But what does the rise of embedded finance mean for the platforms that are actually providing services to those SMBs?
2: Yeah, it's it's a good point or a good question. I think that the the first thing that comes to mind, right, is that if your clients are demanding this, it's increasingly going to be table stakes. If you're not able to offer it and your competitor is, it's pretty clear which one which one of those providers the SMB is going to go to. They're going to go to the one that makes their life easier. So at a base level, the clients are demanding it, and you're going to have to be able to offer that to stay relevant. I think the second piece, though, is that. Really today, embedded finance adoption, it's still quite low. And so I think that's a a key positive for a lot of these software platforms. Only about 10% of software platforms are able to offer embedded finance products today. And really only about 5% of SMBs are actively consuming embedded finance products in the market. So we're still fairly early. There's a lot of opportunity for platforms to get out in front of the, the trend here. Uh, but I think for them, you know, in addition to clients demanding it, it's just going to create a a deeper, stickier relationship with that SMB. As you're able to get more ingrained into what they need, you're providing more value for those clients, the switching costs become higher, and you're just going to have a much better opportunity to retain some of those clients beyond just your core software. Now, the third and very practical element of this to to platforms is it's a revenue stream. And so you can think about, you know, you've got payments, revenue opportunities, you've got your SaaS revenue opportunity, embedded finance is just another layer to that. And really, there's three core products at the, at the foundation of embedded finance. There's a bank account, there's a card, so a card issuing product, and there's short term loans or, or working capital. And by just offering those three products alone, you access about 45% of the total SMB banking addressable market and it can actually represent as high as a 70% uplift for the revenue of your platform. And so we're really talking about pretty big dollars there when it comes to embedded finance. And so, yeah, there's the practical element of, you know, you you have to be able to offer this because your clients are demanding it. It's got the sticky relationship. But really, there's there's just a, a lot of financial opportunity there as well for, for a lot of these platform clients.
0: Now, that makes a ton of sense. So, Eric, back to you. As you think about these vertical technology platforms, SaaS platforms, software platforms, you know, what should they be looking for in a partner as they look to roll out embedded finance solutions to their customer base? Yeah.
1: For me, there's really three key attributes software companies should consider when looking for a financial infrastructure provider that can enable the embedding of these products into their software. The first is really around integration flexibility. There's a number of different ways to embed financial products, whether that be a direct API, a co-brand or white label of a complete portal, or embedding an iframe or a widget, which is just a component of a web page. And so based on the platform's desire to control the end user experience and their Time to market needs, the infrastructure provider that supports the embedding of these products into the platform allows the platform to kind of select whichever integration method is most suitable for their needs. So integration flexibility, I think, is really important and having a breadth of different options should be a major consideration set for the platform. The other one is really kind of product breadth. You know, Sam just touched on bank accounts, commercial credit cards, working capital loans. And so I think as you're looking for a provider that touches on all of these different products, making sure that provider checks the box across all of those so that you can consume all of those from one provider and think about different, you know, commercialization strategies, bundling different products will just give the platform more power in terms of how they actually commercialize these products. And then the final vector I'd say that's important for software companies is really that financial infrastructure providers expertise in financial services and payments. Many of these software companies are new to payments and financial services and just don't have the, the breadth or expertise within financial services. So really finding a partner that they can rely on to provide that advice, to augment certain functions where needed, to take on program management and regulatory compliance is something that I think a lot of these software companies would, would find value in in a partner that can help them embed these products.
0: Makes a ton of sense, Eric. Really appreciate that. Sam, You know, both you and I know that FIS is well-positioned to support software partners in realizing these embedded finance ambitions. But can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, I
2: mean, I think when you look at the history of FIS and WorldPay, there's a lot... A lot that really plays into this, right? So FIS, WorldPay, long history of powering ISVs and and SaaS providers, as well as payfacts to extend those products to SMBs. WorldPay pioneered the ISV referral model with Mercury Payments, literally trademarked the term payfac. And then when you start to look at the broader assets of FIS, FIS is world-renowned for powering some of the most complex financial institutions in the entire world when you think of some of the largest, most complex banks in the entire world, they rely on FIS banking tech to power them going forward. So I think it's a really dynamic combination of payments and banking technology. And I think the FIS banking tech with the program management capabilities that FIS provides really makes us a strong partner within embedded finance. And this ultimately lets you, the software platform, focus on what you do best which is building software that SMBs need to run their business. Leave the banking stuff, leave the payment stuff to us, and we'll get that covered for you.
0: Absolutely, Sam. Well, both, Sam and Eric, I really appreciate you for joining me on this show today and just really want to thank you for your time.
1: Yeah, thank you, Bob. It's been great chatting with you all.
2: Yeah, and thanks, Bob. And you know, I really just hope that you know all of your listeners were able to just Absorb some of the opportunity and embedded finance and what that's going to mean for their platform business. So, as always, really appreciate you extending the forum to us and letting us share some of our knowledge with your listener base.
0: Thank you so much. You know, having spent a lot of time with you both, I know we're all big believers in sharing knowledge and experience. So, we really appreciate you joining us here today at PayRix and FIS and World Paper Platforms. We want to be a trusted resource for software providers who are out there trying to make sense of embedded payments, finance, and commerce, and to help them get the education that they need to make the business decisions their customers and investors will thank them for. Thank you for joining us today on the PayFAC Embedded Payments Podcast brought to you by Payrix. For more information about embedded payments, subscribe to our show at payrix.com podcasts.